0: Time to talk injury notes and how the Florida State Seminoles can attack the Miami passing defense. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked on Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith, and today's show is going to be fun because it is Rivalry Week. You can find this podcast wherever you get your pods for free and on YouTube, part of the awesome Locked on Network, your team every single day. And this show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, these these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. So the injury situation with Florida State, obviously they had a bunch of guys out last week against Pittsburgh. They survived win 24-7. to Miami's got some guys that are banged up. We're going to talk about that, but how it translates to the next game, as always, I'm just going to state this from the top. I am not your injury source for who will play. I'm just going to talk about who's been banged up and how they could impact the game this next week. Again, I am not the end-all be-all for who's going to play. I know everybody's looking for an edge when they go out and try to bet and all that. Don't believe any injury report when it comes to gambling, ever. That's just the nature of it because coaches lie, lie, lie. And guess what? They lie some more. They're not going to give you anything. But this is what I'm going to give you. Facts about how they can impact the game on both sides. Because a lot of the guys that are banged up would be going up against each other in the passing attack. For Florida State and Miami, it's the receiving corps for the Knowles. It's a secondary for a very key player for Miami. And there's so many different subplots to it. So let's get into it. Obviously, Keon did not play. Johnny did not play two guys barely played an impact of the game. And Darian Williamson and Kentron and Destin Hill, King Williams and do span didn't participate for Florida state. That is about as banged up and or not making a big impact as a wide receiver corpse can. Thank goodness for Ja'Kai Douglas, the running backs doing a good job, not only at pass protection, but catching the football and then 12 catches and 144 yards and a score from the three combined tight ends for the Knowles. Tremendous job, and Jordan Travis obviously goes for 360 against Pitt. Can you do that kind of stuff against Miami, though? That's what this is. The injury news here is very simple. Without Keon, without Johnny, or even just one of them, if both are out, it's it's difficult. Miami is 10th in the nation in rushing the passer based on 30 sacks. That's 10th. They can flat out get after it with four, and they bring a lot of exotics. Their defense is very complex. It is a very good defensive coordinator in Lance Gidry. He was at Marshall last year, took a team, a, a bunch of guys that nobody really knew who they were and had a top 10 defense. He's very good. So if they know, like when they go out there and Keon is, and Johnny's not there, I'm, I'm just speculating here, that would be a problem. But even if one of them plays, completely changes the dynamics of the game because Miami's biggest Achilles heel on defense is just in coverage. They tackle pretty well, and they have a really good defense when it comes to stopping the run and getting after the pass. In the box, they're tremendous. Outside the numbers, they have problems, and that's where we start with this. The biggest concern for Miami is Daryl Porter Jr. In the middle of the game against North Carolina State, he got what I like to call, it's an old-school term, leg whipped. Trying to make a tackle, he's coming across at an angle. The guy sees him out of the corner of his eye, puts on the brakes, and cuts left. They just just smashed legs. Just awkward as all get out. When you're running hard and like your shin hits anything, it's not going to feel good. He had to be carried off the field. He's a starting corner for the Miami Hurricanes. Again, they're not the greatest in pass defense anyway. They're giving up 222.2 yards a game, even with that pass rush. That's not a good sign. When they play talented quarterbacks, they struggle. You pull a corner out, that can be night night. I have no idea what he's going to be in in terms of a protocol. Uh, as much as Norvell really doesn't talk a ton about injuries, he gives a little bit. Mario Cristobal is like Fort Knox. He hates the word injury news, injury update. The word even when you get to inj, he he's not happy. He is extremely old school. You're not going to get any news about what's going to happen. I already spoke to somebody in the Miami media today about it, and he's like, oh, yeah, forget it. It's not going to happen. So with that being stated, I'm going to give two different presentations on this, on how I would attack if I was Norvell and kind of looking at it. Because even if Keon and or Johnny doesn't play, there's still some opportunities. Because when a guy gets carried off the field, I mean, they physically carried him off. Neither one of his feet touch the field all the way across to the Miami sideline. Probably not good. I'm going to look at it like Daryl's not going to put. That's just my perspective. And again, I have no insights thereafter, but uh, that didn't look like a guy that, you know, lower leg injury for a corner is just devastating. So even if it's a a serious bone bruise, he's probably not going to play against the Florida State Seminoles. The other part with this, who the heck's going to replace him? Miami coming into the season, a lot of people thought that was going to be a strength for them because they had Devontae Brown transferring from UCF. He's a pretty good man corner. And they also had Jadis Richard transfer in from Vanderbilt, another long kid, both of them 6'1", 6'2". Neither one of them has had much of an impact. Richard barely played. Devontae's had some busts. But again, it's a complex defense for Miami. They run a lot of exotics, a lot of different things. I think they've dumbed it down some because they have a lot more talent at Miami, obviously, than they do at Marshall. But you'll see a different defense for them next year after they go through an additional spring practice. they ain't going to help them this week against Knowles. They're going to have to try to do some different things, especially if Daryl does not play, and that's where the fun begins for Florida State: verticals, double routes, and just over routes. If they want to play man coverage with a backup who's had some struggling problems, and I would assume Devonte would be the guy that would start for them. Again, he started for three years at UCF before transferring to Miami. I think that's going to be some problems. That's one. Two. They're also going to have to do something against the screen game. This is something I, I, I wrote down. And I know people get tired of seeing them and they can be boring. And sometimes they get stuffed and you get losses. I would not be surprised, at least from the initial play call, and we'll never know the exact total, if Norvell and his staff called over 10 passes that are just screens to the receivers in this game. And you're like, oh God, those are bo-. I'm telling you, nine of them get stuffed. One of them might go for 80. Miami has mental error. When they screw up, it's a mental error. It's not a physical problem. It's a mental problem. There'll be somebody out of position or somebody will miss a tackle, and that's the home run capability. Like Douglas last week against Pitt, it's the same kind of deal. They're very aggressive at Pittsburgh, and they struggled against Jakai, and he went for 115 yards. He's a good player. He finally got his shot, too. Those kinds of things can happen. Now, you give, like, if Keon's playing, I guarantee you it'll be close to 10 that they're going to call, and they can RPO it and do different things with it. Again, you're never going to know the total, but there's going to be a bunch of that. And do not discount the running backs. Here's the other part with this. Don't be surprised if Florida State puts Rodney Hill or puts Tofili, whoever, in the slot and or uses two running backs at the same time. One's in the slot doing different things because that'll force Miami's linebackers, and they're not great in coverage. They're mediocre in my opinion. You can beat them. The passing game, I know we're talking about corner problems with with Daryl, but they may have to do some different things to help out and try to do something a little more conservative and play zone. The running back screen game could be impacted with that because it's easier to screen against zone than it is against man. If Miami's playing soft, worried about over-the-top plays because obviously the Florida State offense has killed it with 20-plus yard plays all year. They could get nickel and dimed down the field, and then you still have to tackle a really good football player in space. That's not easy. In the second part of this, we're going to talk about it here in just a minute on the other side. Let's talk a little bit more formationally and how they can get Miami in some difficult situations. This is just the tip of the iceberg. So you want to keep it locked here to locked on Seminoles. It's going to be a little bit of fun because Miami doesn't have the personnel, in my opinion, on the back end to handle a couple of the specific things that I want to talk about. And quite frankly, that's not going to bode well for them if they can't come up with the adjustments. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. First off, Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company is your game changer of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about the game changer being the Florida State offensive line. Bless Harris and the offensive line is... Being a part of the whole Athletic Brewing Company, and and they've been a big part of what they've been doing and sponsoring. Now they have a chance to go against a tremendously talented pass rushing group against Miami. So I'm just going to project it. They're going to have a good week against Miami. They're going to do a lot of screens. They're going to do a lot of things to get out in space to help the Florida State offense get going. So they are going to be my projected game changer of the week. Speaking of Athletic Brewing Company, has a lot of great tasting brews. Whether you're looking for an IPA a golden, a sour. They have over 50 styles of craft beers, non-alcoholic beers, you name it. You can find something with Athletic Brewing Company. So check them out. You can go online or you can find them at your local liquor store and check that out either way. So you can find Athletic Brewing's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you. Buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First time customers can use Locked On. To get 15% off your first order, that's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, a fit for all times. All right. Now, when you talk about formations against teams that have an injury, what spot is the most isolated on a football field? Obviously, it's corner. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide. That's why when I talk to college coaches every spring, they always ask me like, hey, where's a corner or pass rush? It's the same questions over and over. Get to the quarterback and prevent the quarterback from pass. That's nonstop, but especially corner. So if Porter is out, and again, they have struggled, talking about the Hurricanes pass defense, how do you get them in trouble? Three by one. It's the formation that causes the biggest problem that you see in college football. Literally, three receivers to one side, and usually, not always, but usually to the boundary, you'll see one one guy to another side. If you get a matchup with that one player over there that you don't like, especially if it's Johnny or Keon, that's a problem for Miami. Now, do note, you never know when a guy's is going to have a good day or Miami's secondary does have two safeties are going to play in the NFL. They're both very good. How do they use those guys, though? We're going to talk about that here in about 10 minutes, but put that in the back of your mind because that's another isolation situation that Florida State's coaching staff, although they've done a tremendous job this year, will be challenged because they don't want those guys to make big impact plays before they head off to the NFL after this year. So which guy will it be for Miami that'll start if Daryl Porter Jr. is out like I expect? I don't know. They might rotate. They might do different things. I'm not going to guess. But when a starter's out, a starter's still out. I'm going to see go balls, double moves, and a lot of variety where they're going to use slants, et cetera, to try to isolate on the new player. That's basically, think about the Wake Forest game for Florida State. They attacked. Even when Wake Forest had five in the box, which mathematically, that's not what you normally do but they found mismatches just based on size and speed, and they ate them alive. Pittsburgh, totally different style of defense. Here we come. We're going to come downhill. They had some success in the first half, but Florida State was still moving the ball, and as the game went on, they made halftime adjustments, and in the third quarter, fourth quarter, Florida State was much more successful, scored a couple more touchdowns, iced the game. They found matchups. This game will be a little bit easier. Three by one, I'm telling you, at some point, Florida State's going to hit a big play on that. They just got to execute like, like anything else. That is the formation that I'm thinking will be most impactful. Second part of this, Miami, if they see it and they're thinking the same thing, that's going to change how the safeties, the outside linebacker, etc., hedge. Meaning like instead of coming down in the box or coming towards the middle of the field a little more, they may have to rotate. James Williams or Cameron Kenshin's. That's one of their, that's, those are their two linebackers, or excuse me, two safeties. One of those guys over that way. That opens up the screen game to the three side, which I talked about already earlier in the show. You're going to see a bunch of them. If you don't like wide receiver screens, you probably aren't going to like this game, but it's just something you're going to be able to have success against Miami with because they don't have the same kind of players in the game that they normally do. If Daryl's not in there, guys are moving around different spots. And they're also playing against a team that has more deep threats than anybody they're going against. They have a lot of talent on that defense, but you just can't lose corners, man. It's just really hard to replace. And that's their struggle point. On top of that, the one last thing, that screen game with the running backs. If they're playing off and they're playing out wide, playing that zone, you're going to see it. And Florida State has a chance at a 60, 70 yarder. They're going to. And I don't even care what formation it is. But I I do expect to see a little more 21 personnel, a little 20, two running backs, three receivers, just get speed on the field. Again, they may motion a running back out and you may get a corner on him. But if it's a screen or if it's a little flare pass, you're putting a great athlete in space against a backup player. That is the objective. Matchups, matchups, matchups. That's how this game can be won. And that's how this game can actually get out of hand. Will it? I don't know. You still have to execute. It's a rivalry game. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Tyler Van Dyke situation later this week because that's a whole other animal for Miami. He is playing absolutely atrocious football right now for the Canes. He has 10 picks in the last four games, and that doesn't even count fumbles. I think he's got a couple of lost fumbles as well. That's not going to bode well for them, but we'll talk offense-defense in a flipped-around situation probably Wednesday or Thursday. Last point before we go to the final segment talking about how to attack the safeties. Here's something to think about which one of the players out of all the injuries that Florida state had comes back and makes the big play. I was trying to contemplate this before the show. And if you want to guess and make some comments, what have you on YouTube fire away. But the honest answer is number one, I don't know for sure who's healthy. And number two, even if I knew who was going to play, this is a good situation for Florida State because Miami's not going to know either. They're going to have different guys back. It's the same deal. When you play somebody you know you're going to beat, you'll hold guys out. It's been going on for a century. It's not going to change. I expect most of, if not all of, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, Destin Hill, Hakeem Williams, and Deuce Band to be on the sideline with the Knowles. I have no idea which, but you're going to see one of those guys besides Johnny and or Keon make a play. It's happened every game this year. This happened every game Florida state has just got a very deep wide receiver corpse. It's a great problem to have. And as they say, let the chips fall where they may. I'm not really sure that it really matters. And I highly doubt Florida state fans care as long as the wide receiver crosses the goal line. And we haven't even talked about the tight ends. Again, they had 144 yards against Pittsburgh. That's a lot. Uh, real quick on that. Just to note that the one thing they're like, their linebackers play well downhill, like really, really well in blitz. Francisco Maligo might be the best blitzing linebacker in the country. He's pretty average in coverage. Don't be surprised at Jaheem bell, Markinson, somebody, I, I don't know which one it's going to be. One of them is going to hit a play. Even Wesley Basink, who's a really, really good athlete. Great kid too. I remember him from his days at Miami central. He's, better downhill he can run like a deer play action double moves don't be shocked if a tight end gets a big play it's not even an injury thing but those safeties are going to be playing differently than they normally do that's my prediction it's going to open up the middle of the field because of the injury situation with daryl porter jr so before we go to the final segment real quick note this game and several others were going to be highlighted on the locked on college uh college football preview show on friday at 11 a.m uh Florida State, Miami is obviously a preview that's going to be discussed, but there are a lot of other big games, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Penn State, Michigan, etc. All these games coming up over the next few weeks. Every week at 11 a.m., you can check it out. Make sure you do. If you cannot check it out at 11 a.m., it's downloaded on all the YouTube channels, including Locked on Seminoles. With that being said, today's show is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Here's a scenario. A friend of mine has a small business. He needs help coming up with a holiday season. If you get in on it, early, you've got a better chance at success. Hiring is no different than anything else. Make sure you check out the LinkedIn Jobs app. It's easy to navigate, easy to find people, and you can use screening questions that fit what you want for your business specifically. LinkedIn Jobs will help you do that. It's an app that I've been using for a very long time and you should as well. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidate that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. Final part of the show. I'm going to talk a little bit more formationally and we're going to talk a little bit about attacking James Williams and Cameron Kitchens, but not directly. Don't be foolish. When I say attack, that word is got about a hundred sub points. So don't go out there running and saying, Oh, they should attack these guys are going to NFL. That's not what I'm saying. You got to make them move in different ways that they're not used to, meaning cover areas that they're not used to, see formations that they're not used to. These guys watch film, they are into it. Their objective is to get the NFL and they're going, but you still got to be able to take advantage of what they're doing in other ways. If you're not going to throw at James Williams, and I don't know why you would. That doesn't mean you can't move him. What I mean by that is eye discipline. This is the first thing, and it's one of the oldest things in the book. Most quarterbacks absolutely suck at doing this, and it's so simple. Look at him and then move, because if you want to go in that area, move him with your eyes. Quarterbacks still fail at it to this day in the NFL. Jordan Travis didn't used to be great at it. He has gotten much better. This is a game he better be good or the ball will go the other direction. These two are ball hawks in the back end. They can run and they can make plays. James Williams, 6'5", 220. He is as freakish as it gets. Must use your eyes. Two, the second part with that, they've got to use the football in a different variety of ways, formationally, et cetera, which Norvell and those guys do a tremendous job of. But I also think they're going to have to come up with something to make them go wider. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the splits, for the Seminoles, will be wider, almost like what Texas Tech used to run, what Tennessee runs now. I mean, guys almost on the sideline. They want to open up the middle of that field because even if they're not really throwing a Cam or James, that isolates the middle of the field with linebackers. Again, what did I say just a little bit ago? The one thing that Miami's linebackers do really well is go downhill. Okay, what do they not do great? Cover. Almost all linebackers, it's the same deal. That's why they play linebacker. Florida State's tight ends have a chance to have a monster game against Miami. Formationally, they can make it happen, and they've got the athletes to do it. Florida State does not have one. They do not have two, but they have three talented tight ends. Force those linebackers to cover them. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying that is not their strength. Therefore, Florida State has a chance. I wouldn't call it a mismatch, because Florida State's got tight ends that are good, but Miami's got pretty good linebackers too. But they're just not as good in coverage. There's a chance for a 50-yard touchdown in this game. Maui Goa in coverage got smoked in the A&M game. He's gotten better and had some plays, but that's the guy in particular I would attack in coverage. He's the middle linebacker in the box. He's as good as it gets. Tremendous blitzer. Coverage, eh, he's okay. You have to get him in coverage one-on-one, and that's just an example. K.J. Cloyd, kind of the same deal. He was at Louisville. He's played against Florida State before, transferred into Miami. I think they can take advantage of that situation at least a little bit. Same deal with Wesley Besaint, crossing routes, double moves, et cetera. Make him think athletically. You're, he's as good as it gets. Make Wesley think. Try some double moves, some jerk routes, et cetera. You can get the tight ends involved for big plays. All of this adds one other thing, and I mentioned it earlier in the show. This is what I'm going to wrap up with. We're going to talk about the abomination that is Miami's quarterback situation a little bit later this week. I want to get more information. Uh, Mario Cristobal gave a non-answer on his radio show on Monday. But there's a chance that if Florida State comes out and does some of these things and they, and they score early and they get in Tyler Van Dyke's head, like if they're up 21 to. To three in the middle of the second quarter, this game could go completely sideways. I mean, just completely sideways. That's why these are important from the outset of this game. Injuries impact everything, and it all comes back to Daryl Porter for Miami being banged up, and we're assuming he's not going to play. It didn't look real good to me when I saw it. And Florida State getting some of those guys back. But even so, the matchups for Florida State, they have some advantages here. I think they can attack. Miami vertically in a crossing route. They can do double moves, all of that stuff. There's just a plethora of options. So Florida State, in my opinion, should win this game going away. The way Miami's trending, they've had a weird season, even by Miami standards. But you got to take care of business. You got to get some guys back healthy. So with that, please. Hit that like button, hit that notification bell, and share this podcast. I'd appreciate it if you gave a word to a friend of yours that's a Florida State fan. I'm trying to grow this podcast as much as I can. and I love doing it, so please do that. And also, if you've got a question or if you want to comment about something on how you would attack Miami's defense, fire away. I would just spread them out as much as possible, go as wide as possible, basically mimic what Tennessee does. That's how they beat Alabama In 2022, as an example, you can watch some of that game. That's exactly how I would try to do it. Run some switches at the line of scrimmage, cause confusion, get big plays, things of that nature, and a lot of double moves. That's how I would attack them. With that being stated, please have a great day, and I will talk to you very soon.